Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. We're glad that you tuned in today. Welcome to the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. You're going to be in for a treat. Sit back, relax, or listen to this while you work out, whatever floats your boat. Thanks again for hanging with Coach Noonan on the podcast. This is the first Tuesday of the month, and what I wanted to do was talk about food. But given what's been going on, I wanted to take a minute and just let everybody know that this podcast is an opportunity to hear people talk, but everybody on this podcast truly cares about making places better wherever they're coaching at, in their cities, their their schools, their towns. Um, we may talk ball, but in no, no way, shape, or form do we lose sight of the fact that we as coaches uh, have a duty to to make an impact in a positive manner and help affect change uh, as we go forward in this world uh, and help to make this place better than what we were brought into it with and that our younger kids uh, see that example and that they desire to make it better than when they received opportunity. On today's episode, Hanging with Coach Noonan, we have Coach Adam Harvey, the defensive coordinator at Hutto High School. Coach Harvey brings us the hippo mode in action. On today's episode, Hanging with Coach Noonan, we have Coach Adam Harvey in the house. He is now the defensive coordinator at Hutto. He's bringing the hippo power up and to you. Welcome, Coach Harvey. How you doing, man? Appreciate you, Coach Noonan. I'm doing well. How about yourself, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm good. Got the got the coffee flowing and uh, getting the mind rolling, man. You you got to keep us on our toes, man. You, you you love to lead things off and keep things rolling. <laughs> well, it's uh, just part of life, man. We got to keep this sucker rolling right now for sure with all the craziness going on. So it's a matter of you know just being motivated and then obviously executing that motivation is the biggest part of it. So no doubt, man. No doubt. Speaking of. Uh, up and Adam keeping things rolling, right? You just recently got this defensive coordinator position at Hutto, man. And it's, it's gotta be really tough to uh, not only establish, you know, new traditions, new routines and things like that, but, you know, piecing together your staff, evaluating who you already have from a kid's standpoint, you know, how, how are, how's that all going, man? Walk me through the daily struggles of, of making this stuff work. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously it's a struggle, but it's kind of what I've what I've really hung my hat on and told the entire group uh, that I'm now working with, both staff and students, is look, guys, everybody's going through this, and so you know we can easily get into a pity party and we can start pouting about you know, gosh, man, why we we got to get on the field, we've got to be able to do this, we've got to be able to do that, but I mean, if we really just, it's not even a huge step back, but if we just take a glance of the whole situation everyone else is doing it too now not everyone is going through a staff change going through a coordinator change and so there's obviously some challenges there but I tell you man I uh, I I'm just excited I think these kids and this staff that I'm about to join really get it and you know the things that we've been able to accomplish virtually um, if you'd asked me, you know, six, seven weeks ago when we were kind of all beginning this thing, I, first of all, I wouldn't have thought we'd be here <laughs> six or seven weeks later. 
Um, but I also say this, I would have never thought we would accomplish as much as we have. And so, um, do I have to find the silver lining on days? Absolutely. Um, and I'll be honest with you, coach, yesterday was one of those days I had to find the silver lining. You know, there, there are always going to be frustrating days and there's always going to be setbacks. There's always going to be that reality biting you. Um, at the end of the day though, if you just, you know, take a, take a glance. Yeah. Yeah. What we have been able to. Okay, cool. So just pick up there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, yesterday was kind of one of those days where, you know, we had to find a silver lining and, um, you know, the, the kids, um, obviously are always going to be kids, but at the end of the day, um, if I take a look at what we've been able to accomplish with these virtual installs and, you know, now with teaching kids how to watch film, um, you know, it's always been something that I've wanted to do, um, with previous stops and it's just been, it's been really good. So, Honestly, coach, I've, I've got just, you know, few complaints, really. I, I mean, and, and the complaints are things that we can't control. So, again, go back to, uh, you know, the BCD mindset with the kites. If I, I could easily complain about this. I could blame something or someone, uh, and I could always defend, you know, why I'm not doing what I need to be doing to gain a competitive advantage. But at the end of the day, we're going to try to be the best we can be, and that's really what Huddle has done a great job with both uh, our staff and our kids, you know, is just finding that, uh, that mindset of getting better every day. So. No doubt, man. That's awesome. Um, you know, I, you talk about uh, teaching kids how to watch film. And I think that, you know, that's one of those things where we as coaches sometimes forget to take a step back and go, okay, I know that they're either watching it or they're not because we can track their, their view time. And we don't know how many times they just open it and let it play and, you know, make us think they're watching it. But, you know, there is an art and a skill to watching film. And I think it's awesome that, you know, you can take this time right now and teach that to them so that you can make, you know, make self-improvements for the fall. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and you make a good point there. You know, it's, it's something that we can track. But, you know, one of the things that I've really taken a step further, um, I did this several years back at Steel, is checking for understanding. I mean, we talk about that all the time in the classroom, you know, with the way that, uh, in our PLCs or in, you know, in uh, preseason, our preschool stuff, you know, when we're going through all of our trainings, um, I know that at SCUC, uh, one of the things was TTQQ, you know, thinking through quality questioning. And so we do that in the film room too, coach. I mean, that's one of the things that I find extremely important is it's not about how much you watch film. And there may be a kid that legitimately does watch hours upon hours of film, but mm-hmm. if he can't answer my questions. You know, if he can't come in and, and, and regurgitate what he learned in watching that film, then it's all for naught. And so, you know, it's the same way we coach him on the field, coach. I mean, it's one of those deals where, you know, you may, you may have all the right answers, but if you cannot execute what I'm asking you to do, you know, you're not helping us as a football team. And so teaching them how to watch it, you know, is a big deal. Um, what to look for, you know, how to, again, how to come back with a three-word, five-word response that we can also communicate on the field, whether it's practice or game. Cause I think that's important. You know, that we talk about buzzwords all the time or buzz phrases. If we can teach them buzz phrases in the film room, then that just kind of, it flows when we're on the field. And so that's really what we're trying to do right now, you know, is okay. Hey, we're in this coverage concept or, Hey, we've got this blitz going, you know, give me aiming points. Give me, you know, if it's a true zone drop, give me a zone drop. What's this fire zone? You know, what, what is that sim or that creeper? 
I mean, talk to them like we do as coaches. And if they're picking those things up, then we're teaching them ball. But we're also able to play faster when it comes time to, to execute those things. No doubt. No doubt. So, you know, kind of piggybacking all that on all that. Uh, and it looks like we're going to be able to play uh, ball in the fall. What are, you, what are some defensive goals that you have uh, for your school, uh, for your kids? Yeah. Um, thank God that it looks like this thing's passing over, huh? <laughs> Holy cow, I don't know what I would do with myself, man, if we're not able to play. Um, man, Coach, you know, I mean, defensive goals-wise, I want to keep it pretty simple. I, I am a, you know, I'm a st- statistician and, and, and want to make sure we have measurable goals. And so, um, but before we get to that point, you know, it's just going to be let's play fast and physical. Um, you know, F and P is kind of what we do and keep that short, talking about buzz phrases. Um, you know, F and P is going to be our way of doing things. And I, and you hear that from every defensive coordinator, you know, coordinator in the country at any level, really. And so it's nothing groundbreaking, but it's just something that we really want to preach that as a mindset and mentality, not a cute phrase, you know. And so, um, you know, our hashtag right now we're having fun with is hippo mode. And, you know, when I talk to those kids about, you know, First of all, we got one of the coolest mascots all around, you know, the only one in the country. And then, no doubt. You know, yeah. And second of all, though, like, let's truly let's truly understand, you know, how we can set ourselves apart. You know, I mean, you know, Coach Mosley and Coach Hooten uh, were the two co-coordinators this past couple of years. And that, that's who I'm taking the position of. Well, both of those guys have taken other positions now and, and moved on. Um, man, they coached them up. You know, they were sound. They they did a lot of good things. Um, and so it's not like I'm coming in to reinvent the wheel, but really what I want to do is, is play like we're the best team in Texas on that side of the ball, you know? And so that's a mindset. So with that, you know, just a couple of goals that I have in mind, um, holding teams under 14 points a game. You know, I think if you do that, if you can hold a team to two touchdowns or less, you've got a really good chance to win a football game at the six, a level in Texas. I think number two, um, you know, control the ground game. And, and so, you know, if we can hold a team under 110 yards a game, uh, we're going to win football game. And so, you know, that's something that, that we're going to, we're going to attack everything we do with, you know, with winning in mind, you know, as far as in the air, I mean, again, in Texas, you're going to get a lot of RPOs now and you're going to get a lot of spread teams. And so we want to hold a team under 150 yards in the air, um, you know, and so you add those two together, that's about 260 yards of total offense. So I'll go ahead and give them 15 more yards and 275 is kind of our, our number with uh, total, you know, total offense and giving up. So, I mean, I think there's some, again, some measurables there that you can share with those kids so that they have that in their minds. Not that they're doing the math on the field because now that's going to slow them down, but it's something I definitely want them to, you know, have a checklist and let's, let's see what we're doing and how well we're doing it. And, uh, you know, I think if we execute our stuff, you know, play by play, brick by brick type mentality, you know, all of those other things are going to take care of themselves. So. No doubt, no doubt. And I think, you know, in the course of the game, you can gauge, you know, a feel on the sideline or, or the whoever's charting in the box, you know, they can gauge a, a feel of how close you are to accomplishing certain goals. You, you know, you know, if it's just not the day and you're getting torched in the air or, or, um, you know, kind of run through on the ground or you just know on the other, on the converse side, you're whipping their tail and they're not getting off press and they're not getting, uh, but a couple of yards on the run. And, 
you know, you can look up at the scoreboard and you can see the down and distance. And that's always something that plays into our defensive calls. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's good to, you know, to always compete and, and, and if you're competing against yourself, you're still competing. And so, um, you know, obviously that's one of the things that I always want to teach kids no matter what, you know, is we got to worry about us. Don't worry about what they're doing. If we execute our, our job and we do what we're supposed to do, you know, we're going to find success. And so I agree, man. Yeah. I think it's good to always find ways to compete even throughout the game for sure. No doubt, man. No doubt. And you talk about, you know, doing your job and, uh, and, and doing all those things, right. Um, you know, it's just kind of that everybody talks about it, the Patriot way. Well, you know, they have the one sign in the building that's do your job. I, I just, it's that simple. It really is just that simple. Do your job. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, through all these, uh, zoom clinics and going on this, this, uh, this quarantine season, right. You know, you, you've presented a lot and uh, I think people kind of know you as, as the press palms guy, where, how did that come about? Where, where did that come from? And, and how have you evolved that into uh, what you want to do at Hutto? Yeah. You know, again, um, as far as where that came about, you know, it's nothing that I've, I've created coach. I mean, I got to attribute tons of it to the steel staff. You know, when I got there in 2013, um, I had always kind of been a cover two guy and really liked the press concept. Um, but I learned a ton from those guys. You know, I, when I first got there, I was with, uh, you know, Troy Cooley and, and Troy taught me a ton. He was more of a safeties guy, but he was really good. Trey Woods, um, who played at Sam Houston is actually an all American, just a phenomenal guy and a good football coach. Um, you know, and then coach signs, who's now the head coach at Cibolo steel. He and I worked the secondary af uh, after a few years. And so learned a ton from him. Um, and then when he took over, I, I, you know, jumped into that role as being the, the co-coordinator on that back end and, and working the entire four um, with some help from a freshman coach. And so, you know, one of those things that, you know, you just kind of build and scaffold on what you learn throughout the years from really good coaches. And, um, you know, we, we've kind of been a pressed Palms team. Uh, they were before I got there, you know, and, um, and it, it really did a number on, on a lot of our opponents and some good ones at that with, you know, just um, kind of getting to the point where, you know, that cover two concept was a two read. And so we, you know, kept a lot of our same stuff and then, you know, made some tweaks here and there throughout the years that, you know, really helped us with teams like DeSoto and teams like Converse Judson and, you know, uh, some of those teams that just got it all out speed that we would struggle with. We did mm -hmm. some different things. And so, you know, as far as uh, the clinics go, coach, I mean, I'm just really, really uh, convicted and um, just really compelled to give back to the game. You know, I, I, this game has been really good to me. And so, you know, as far as, uh, whether it's, a, you know, what we're doing up front, which I'm running a different front than what we ran at Steel. Um, we're going to do some some even stuff, but we're going to base out of a nod. And, um, you know, I'm going to incorporate the very same, you know, same things that I learned from Coach Leach and, you know, and what we did up front over there at Steel. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, 
I, I mean, I can rattle off some names here, coach. And, and again, we, you know, I'm not a big name dropper, but I, I've got to attribute my football knowledge to a lot of dudes, you know, and guys like John Peterson, who, you know, has been in professional football for a long time. He'd been around the game for 45 years and I got on the board with him every spring as a middle school coach back in the early 2000s. I mean, you know, you got him, you got guys like, uh, you know, obviously Dave Aranda's system and, you know, Ron Roberts and, uh, you know, Patrick Tony and guys like that. And then most recently with guys like Jay Bateman, and um, Jim Leonard. I mean, I've been able to connect with so many good football coaches. Um, and then you go into the recruiting bit and Jason Washington and Craig Niver and, um, you know, just really, really blessed. Um, shoot, Trey Haverty, he and I have been Zooming a lot um, lately at, at SMU. And so, just really fortunate to be able to talk to some great ball coaches throughout the year. And, you know, Dan Casey and I were talking about this recently. Like one of the things that I, that I really don't want to fall into is just taking one particular system and, you know, completely copying that and emulating that. I want to take bits and pieces from everybody's and then throw it together. And how's that work for the huddle hippos right now? And so with the press thing, and I just think it's such an anomaly that so many people are afraid to run press because of the deep ball. I think when we do it, it, it number one, it, it causes problems for the receivers that aren't used to getting off of press coverage. And then number two, the way we run it, I think gives people problems and it's such a versatile deal. You know, we, it's kind of like going from a three down to a four down. I mean, up front, you've got to be versatile nowadays and really be able to combat the RPOs and combat 11 and 20 personnel. Cause that's kind of where we're, where we've shifted over the last few years from that, you know, all out spread of the big 12 that we saw when Leach and company were going at it. But I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, you know, as long as we can mix some things up um, uh, with all 11, we're going to find ourselves in position to, to play faster as well as put those guys on, on their heels a little bit, get them thinking a little bit more, you know, and in the old adage, the more you think the slower you play. And that's really what we want to do at Hutto is mix some things up, um, not be afraid of going in there and, and doing something that worked at Steel High School. And, you know, you can look at all the talent that I had, and there's no doubt I had talent. But, again, I go back to the mentality. I think it's a mentality, and, and that's why we're going to do it at Huddle. You know, we're going to have a mindset of a press football team because I think it's worked. Um, you know, I've seen kids that have changed positions and become Division One players on the back end. I've seen kids that – were touted as JV players to begin the season. And because of injuries, they were moved up. And then because of their play, I mean, they earned a spot on the starting, you know, squad at, at, at Steel High School, at quote-unquote DB High School that was deemed by those kids. And we had fun with it. Again, that mentality is just push kids to play at a higher level. And then, you know, at the end of the year, they're all district. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy how it just kind of works. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a culture thing, man. And, you know, we can – we can bat our eyes at culture and, you know, I've already heard that talk. I'm going to walk back out and go drink a beer at the clinic, or we could sit down and we could really look at how important culture is with X's and O's. And that's what we've done. And that's what we're going to do at Hutto too. So sorry for that long answer, but that's something I'm passionate about coach. You know, I'm really passionate about that. And it's that shoot, man, let's set a culture. And so going back, let me, let me finish this with your question, going back to the, to the clinics. I mean, if we're going to gain a competitive advantage as individuals, in the coaching profession, then how am I going to sit here and say, I don't have time to give back like John Peterson, who was in the NFL 2010 scout of the year was on the board with me at stinking San Antonio Academy in a little bitty office that wasn't, wasn't any bigger than 150 square feet. I mean, that guy spent time with me. 
I have to spend time with others, whether they love ball, no ball, or just want to know more ball. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to sit here and, and big time anybody because I haven't been big time by any of those guys that I rattled off. They've all spent time talking to me. I've got to spend time talking to others, whether it's one or 50. So. No, oh, man, that's, that's perfect. Uh, and I completely agree. And it's a, it's a very nice segue into actually one of the other questions I had. Um, you know, <clears throat> you talk about giving back. And I think right now, you know, because of this clinic season and, and just in general, um, you know, I think you're definitely one of those coaches who, uh, who people view as a mentor, uh, whether they're trying to learn, you know, press palms or, or they, they want to know just more in general, um, you know, because of what you're, you're talking about, uh, you know, what are some things that you, you know, you, you already mentioned your mentors, um, but what are some things that you would give from an advice standpoint for a young coach who's working up in their ranks, whether they're zero years experience, 10 years experience, five, whatever. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, man. And I, I'm going to approach this probably a, a little bit different than a lot would. Um, not that I have the greatest of advice, but, you know, one of the mistakes that I made, in fact, I just tweeted it this morning, and I, I got to give a shout-out to Coach Fisher, Texas High School Football Chat, for the question. It was the only question I answered because I wasn't able to take part in the chat, and I even went back and read some of the others, and there were good, great questions last night. But one of the things that <clears throat> I feel is very important is to be vulnerable, like admit your stinking mistakes, you know, and, and we, we, as, we as people, it's not just in the coaching profession, but we as people feel like we have to be perfect all the time, you know? And so, I mean, when I go to church on Sunday, it's like, oh, that family is perfect. Or when I go to the grocery store, you know, and, and that person carries her, her himself or herself as perfect. And, you know, we, we always are comparing to one another. And so in the coaching profession, it's really, really easy to fall into that. Um, you know, I'll never forget the first time that I went to a clinic as a young coach and just looking around. And, and at that point, honestly, coach, I was young and, and was kind of stupid, <laughs> but I looked around and I'm <laughs> like, I'm like, man, some of these people are kind of fake. You know I mean? So many of these smiles just didn't seem legit to me. And not that I've never been that fake guy, because I have. And, and there have been times in my career where I was stupid, I was selfish, and I was straight up a clown. And I would be the first to admit that. But again, I've learned that is probably the most important. It's, 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 it's okay to be stupid and it's okay to be a clown as long as you're willing to admit it and then go back to execution, change that. You know what I'm saying? And so if you walk into a a, an X and O talk and you're, and you're called on to get on the board as a young coach and you grab that marker and you're shaking, you're nervous as crap. That's okay. It's not okay. If you get up there and you act like, you know, exactly what you're doing. And then eventually either early on in that conversation, when you're asked to draw up power as an offensive guy or as a defensive guy, you're asked to draw up, uh, you know, what is, what does a tight four front look like? You know, and some of these young coaches don't even know what a tight four is. And that's okay. As long as you're willing to admit it, don't go up there and clown yourself by acting like, you know, what you're talking about. You know what I mean? And so let me, let me segue that into being a husband and being a father and being a good dude, you know, being great in the community. Don't act like you have it all together. I mean, we live in glass houses anyway, so people are going to watch us. You might as well be real. You might as well just say, you know what, I am a clown at times and I need, you know, support. I need that mentor. 
You know, if you're a spiritual guy, I need God to help me out in those ways where I'm inadequate. Because the truth of the matter is, is that we're all inadequate. We're all going to make mistakes. And if we try to act like we're not the guy that makes mistakes, if we kind of act like we have all the answers, that's where you get yourself in trouble as a young coach. And then what happens is I tell kids all the time, and it's the same way with coaches. When we build habits, the habits become who we are. And who we are is what other people see. And guess what? You're not going to be able to hide behind your stinking mask for very long. You know, Halloween is only one day out of the year. Eventually, somebody's going to go rip that mask off of you, and you're going to have to face the facts. And so you better face the facts in the matter of, I don't know everything. And so, therefore, I'm going to be that guy that soaks it up, that shuts up when it's time to shut up, that speaks up when it's time to speak up. But at the end of the day, if I don't know something, just flat out say it. Be vulnerable and say, you know what? I don't know. Or if you screw something up, I screwed that up. Don't try to act like you know everything and that you didn't make a mistake because now you enter in BCD mode and that'll get you in trouble. So I'm, I'm passionate about that too, coach. I think it's really important that we show vulnerability for sure. No doubt, man. And, uh, you know, once again, you're, you're, I think we're on the same wavelength because you talk about being a husband and that was, that was something I had written down and, um, you know, how do you balance coaching and, and being a husband, being a father, the, the family man, uh, and, as well as, uh, as, as how much faith it plays into, um, your, your, your life. Yeah. I haven't always done a good job with that, but I think, um, you know, along the way, probably around 2016, 17, I learned, you know, they're, they're way more important than my football career. And, that doesn't mean that my football career needs to take a, an extreme backseat, but it does need to take a backseat. You know, I, I look at it, you know, very simply. Um, we all have, you know, the vehicles that we drive. And nowadays it's all crew cab with, you know, pickups and you got a backseat of an SUV. And sometimes you may even have a third seat. Well, I think in this whole vehicle of life, we always need to have a third seat and football needs to be in that third seat because the law says that kids have to sit and sit in somewhere in the back seat. And so put them in the back seat, but put them where they're, they're reachable, if that makes sense, you know? And so where you can see them in the rear view mirror, because that's the truth. They have to be back there by law. Your wife needs to be right next to you, you know? And so, and, and football needs to be in that vehicle, you know, or coaching or whatever, it needs to be in the vehicle, but it's okay to be in that third seat because guess what? If you look a little bit harder in that rearview mirror, you can still see it, and that's okay. And then your kids need to be able to turn around and touch the football, so to speak, you know, and, and be involved. Your, your, you know, your wife as a mom needs to know that, you know, she's going to have to work extra hard, but as long as you're supporting her in that work, as long as you're, you know, commending her, giving her praise, I mean, that's what women want, and we know that, you know, and so – uh, it doesn't matter if you've been married for 30 minutes or 30 years, you know that women need and want praise. And so I think it's, you know, to to answer a, really quickly and short, it's about quality over quantity, because the truth of the matter is, is we don't get a whole lot of time. You know, our quantity is going to be it's going to be short. It just is, um, especially in the fall, you know, during season and for these athletic directors and coordinators who, you know, even the spring is busier than the fall because of all the spring sports. I think we just have to make sure that when we're together, we're together, you know, and I need to do a better job even today with, you know, putting my phone away or putting my, my thoughts away. And, and, you know, sometimes I have a hard time turning it off, but what I've also learned is I have a, have a light switch, not a light, you know, dimmer. And so 
if I, you know, if I turn it off, then my phone is away and, and I'm, you know, 100% with my wife or 100% with the wife and kids or just the kids or whatever the case is. Um, and then when I go and pick it back up and I flip the light switch on, as long as they understand that, hey, the light switch is on and I'm, I'm locked into what I'm doing, I think you can really find a good balance. Um, but again, it goes back to just making sure that all three are incorporated together. But accordingly, they're putting your, you know, they're putting your priority list the right way and accordingly, because, you know, that's where we can get in trouble is mixing up those priorities. And, and that's where, uh, you know, that has no, nobody else can make that decision. But you, you're the only one that has a priority list and your priority list is set by you. It doesn't matter what other people say, including your mentors. You have to set that priority list accordingly. So. No doubt, man. I, I, I really like that answer. I like that analogy of, uh, the third row and, and you know we, we we all talk a lot about uh faith family and football and people listed in that order but it doesn't always come out that way and, and and like you said as long as we can be vulnerable and own up to to our mistakes and own up to uh our our flaws and and how do we correct those things um you know and how do we admit fault and, and proceed forward um you know right the the e plus r equals o so you know, the effort that you put in towards uh, making things appropriate from a from priority standpoint, and, um, you know, the response to things that you have to do. And, you know, that's going to kind of dictate the outcome that you have going forward, whether you strengthen a relationship or you get a new promotion, whatever. No doubt. Absolutely, man. That's it's key, you know, and, and then we always have to remain, you know, the, the cute and buzz phrase is, is remain humble. But I'm, I'm going to just say remain vulnerable, you know, and, and that is part of humility. Don't get me wrong. Um, but if you do it yourself, then it's a lot easier than being humbled by somebody or something else. <laughs> so no doubt, no doubt. You know, I, I know we all, you know, people talk about being humble. And, and um, I think that that may look differently to everybody. But, uh, you, you know, when you get served a piece of humble pie and, and you know, does it taste how does it taste and, and how do you respond from that? It's, it's definitely a, a testament to, uh, to who you are as a person. Absolutely, man. So the coach has been awesome having you on. Uh, it's, it, it's classic. I think, uh, in, in the conversations I've had with you, man, there, uh, there's some really powerful stuff, um, that you, that you can express in, in a short amount of time. And I think it's, this is, it's an outstanding, um, listen and, and i've enjoyed uh spending this time with you well i appreciate it man it's uh you know i'm passionate about life passionate about ball and you know always want to get better and so uh you know i don't that's for sure but i know this i i uh, i really love our game and and i love you know what's happened there in this quarantine including what you've done you know i mean shoot you've started what is it two or three chats and now this podcast and i mean you're you're rolling yourself my man so great job good job giving back you know and and I, i'll just end with this coach i i think that um you know coaching is is definitely an honor um and as long as we get better every day and help each other do that we're going to stay above the line you know and that's one of the things that you know, Hutto is adopted with uh, from Urban Meyer's book, you know, which he got from, you know, his experiences through, throughout his career and working with the kites. And, you know, when we're staying above the line as coaches, you know, I go back to Blake Anderson's talk at AFCA this past, um, you know, this past convention. And, 
you know, man, they talk about vulnerability, you know, and, and, but the, what I, what I walked away from with that was not his story alone, but a challenge to the coaching fraternity. Let's be better, you know? And so um, whether we're teaching our kids to be better, whether we're teaching each other to be better, um, you know, we've got to make sure that we're staying above the line in all things. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're all going to be better because of it. And I, I appreciate you because the things that you're doing, you know, Justin Granadetti and Matt Arafat and all the things going on, you know, um, it, it's it's been awesome to see the coaching community come together during this time. So appreciate you, Coach. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Means a lot. Um, you know, I, as a as a young guy trying to figure out, you know, the couple of years I was DC and, and you guys doing the no fly zone chat, man, I, I learned a lot. Um, and being a majority front guy, uh, just to be ex- accepted and welcomed, and, and you know, have my answers uh, responded to uh, is, is really awesome and, it's, and a testament to to you and your your giving back to the game, no doubt. Well, appreciate it. Again, that's that's important to me, and I, you know, I just don't really care who you are, how how much experience you have. I was given time by a guy that you know spent a ton of time in football and, and didn't have any reason to be talking to a young middle school coach yet. He did, and so that was enough for me to say I, it's important to give back, you know, and, and not ask for money or not ask for, you know, anything in return, but just, just to give back because it's the right thing to do. So. No doubt, man, no doubt. Well, <clears throat> not to, not to make you vulnerable or anything like that. Um, but uh, one of the things that we've done uh, on, on these episodes as a way to close it out, but also as a way to uh, do our best to kind of, um, honor the class of 2020 through all this uh, COVID and pandemic time. Um, you know, what is, what is, what's, what's something that you want to give to the 2020 class from a, from an advice standpoint or any, anybody that you want to shout out and the, the, this time is yours. Yeah. You know, the entire, the entire group of seniors, man, it's, I can't imagine what it would be like to go through what they're having to go through. And, you know, as I know some of the, school districts around here anyway are, are doing their best to see if graduation can still happen. And that's really, you know, good. I mean, again, finding the silver lining and all this, but, you know, I, I made a comment on Twitter, I don't know, several weeks ago to the class of 2020 and, and it, it, and that really hasn't changed as far as advice goes, but, you know, you guys are, are in a, in a different world right now for obvious reasons, as we all are but you also are in a position to make something that no one else has ever been able to make, you know, and that that's a cliche. Every single graduation you hear, go be world changers, go be this, go be that. And it's still true today, but never has a group of seniors, at least in the last 102 years since the Spanish flu been able to say, you know, we graduated in this pandemic and this is an opportunity for us, you know, to go out and respond the right way, you know, and, um, so that, that would be my challenge. You know, that's my word for 2020 is respond. And my challenge to these, these seniors is, you know, it sucks. I mean, it really does. And there's nothing that I can say that's going to make the situation better, especially for those that, you know, missed out on spring sports. Gosh, I just can't imagine as a competitor, um, whether it's track and field, baseball, softball, you know, all those things, even spring ball to a certain extent, um, soccer, but, at the end of the day, you have a chance to respond to this and go be better because of it, you know? And so 
that that would be my challenge um, and my advice is just go be better. You know, we can all be better in, in one way or the other. And, you know, they're going to have to, uh, you know, to kind of put this behind them as a class of 2020. And once they do, they're going to go be better. And so that that that's going to happen sooner or later. Um, my advice would be let it happen today. Be sooner than later so that you can get on with life and make something of yourself. Love it, man. Awesome. Awesome. I know you referenced Twitter, um, and that's I, I would assume that's probably the easiest way to get a hold of you, but uh, let the people know how do they get a hold of you if they want to talk more, learn more ball, or, or just learn how to, to try and be, be better people. Yeah, so Twitter is uh, at Coach underscore Harvey 18. Uh, I'm on there quite a bit, as I said, unless my phone is in my – in the room and I've shut the, shut the light switch off. I'm on there quite a bit. Um, you know, once they follow me on there, then, you know, if, if they want to get on the phone or whatever, I'm, I'm more than happy to, uh, you know, shoot my number over via DM or something of that nature. Um, you know, if, as long as you prove that you're a coach, I'll follow you back. You know, I do vet a little bit, but I'm always a, a guy that's going to follow coaches back. And, um, you know, the only people I really don't follow are, are current parents uh, that are, you know, in our program just because I don't want any kind of, um, you know, anything along those lines. And then I don't follow back all those clown burner accounts, but, um, or kids for that matter. But it's one of those things that I just, again, part of giving back, I think Twitter is a great resource. And so definitely reach out to me if you want to want to chat, talk ball or, or life, or, you know, give me some advice too. I'm always willing to listen to other people. So. Awesome, man. Well, th once again, thank you for taking the time out. Uh, to be on on here uh, it's been an awesome opportunity uh humble to humble to have you on and, and and spend some time with you appreciate it coach appreciate what you're doing and, and keep rolling my man we hope you enjoyed today's episode thank you coach harvey for hanging with me on the podcast today hopefully you learned some things and hopefully you are staying safe you are opening your heart you are learning, you are educating, and you are learning how to be a better person and how to love your fellow person the way that Jesus loved you.